welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Welcome into the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Check out this and all the other shows you need to close the deal as it's semi-final week over at FullTimeFantasy.com and at FullTimeFantasy on Twitter. And, of course, you can find our entire back catalog. I've always wanted to say that, Rick, over at Asylum Football at G- Asylum. The asylum football at gmail.com at asylum football on Twitter and of course <laughs> asylum fantasy sports.com. Easy for me to say though, sort of. Well, it's you too know, many. We need to get rid of some of these. Yeah, I can't help it. You can't spit anything out. We are Flieger and Briggs. This is the Asylum Sports Show and Full Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Welcome aboard. It is uh, semifinal week, as Rick said, and uh, if you're still alive, congratulations. Uh, the mailbag's getting a little bit lighter every yeah. week, Rick, but still got those questions. But There's a lot of nagging ones out there with all the injuries. Questions you wouldn't expect to have to answer in semifinal week. Questions I didn't think I had to answer for myself as I luck box my way into the final four of the caveman league rick and lose promptly lose darius geis and mike evans somehow still eke it out and i've got lineup decisions that include such illuminaries as brichard perryman <laughs> russell gage and chris thompson this week and patrick laird is my layup my easy decision <laughs> for the week it's uh, it's no, no bueno. I don't I don't like it. And I think I nah, might I might be in a tad bit of trouble here. When you're getting into the final four, um, competition gets a little stout, and with that lineup, the uh, the odds aren't again aren't for you. No, for no, sure. certainly not in my favor. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. So the this list of injuries, we'll just go through these right quick. It's unbelievable. To start out tonight, Rick Lamar Jackson insistent he will play against the Jets. Uh, dealing with that quad, says he's good to go. My question is, if you're the Ravens, if you're Harbaugh, do you let him go? I mean, they're gonna, but would you? Yeah, uh, no, not at this, not at this I, juncture, that's... not at sitting at eleven and two with the Pats on a two-game losing streak, and even if you give one back, you still have the tiebreaker. Yeah, yeah, you're essentially um, two games clear of them. It is the Jets, right? I think your defense and your running game could beat the Jets or, or keep it close. I'd... And and again, here we are with talking about these short weeks yet again. Right, you know, exactly. That, that comes creeping in we talked about it a few weeks ago with Adam Thielen and uh you know he's still never been right but you know Jackson said after Tuesday's practice you know quote I feel great I feel good I'm 100 percent you know I'm going to be out there Thursday night unquote so you know he's all ready for it right here's where I'm terrified if I'm a Lamar Jackson owner in my semifinal game this week, and probably most Lamar Jackson owners are in their semifinal game this week because where you drafted him, that was just a lottery ticket, a bonus piece right there. Is if Baltimore goes up early, I have to imagine we see RG3 real early in that game. Now, that's not to say Lamar Jackson couldn't put up an entire game's worth of points in a half or in three quarters. Obviously, if his name's penciled into that starting lineup, you're starting Lamar Jackson, but I'd be white-knuckling Thursday night a little bit, wondering when and how soon he's coming out of that football game. Did you see the comments Earl Thomas made earlier in the week uh, about Lamar Jackson? I don't know. I must have missed that. He's saying the refs need to protect him a little more. 
you know, and he's quoting him. He says, every time somebody hits him, like, man, he don't need to be taking those hits, unquote. You know, quoting again, I, I think the refs need to pay closer attention and protect him a little bit more because teams are trying to – I'm not saying they're trying to hurt him, but they're going after his legs more than they were at first. Well, guess what? The Cats got over 1,000 yards rushing. Right. Yeah, they're going after his legs when he's out in midfield running. Well, because you can't hit him anywhere else if you wanted to. (laughs) I know. Number one, they need to protect him in the pocket. That's their job. The only thing they can, the only thing by the rules they can protect him from once he crosses the line of scrimmage is is headshots, right? I mean, that that's nonsense. I I wish somehow that it could become a two-hand touch scenario with a talent like that when he's out well, running, but that is the well, downside but, to a running quarterback, but right? See, that's that is the problem. When you have somebody as dangerous as he is and they you people are actually saying you have to protect him when it no. Then he doesn't run. Right. Yeah. If he yeah. needs protection, he can't run. Right. Now he's not allowed to run because you know, you know, he gets tackled all the time. Obviously, because he's running all the time. You know, and Earl Thomas says that's good as long as it's clean. Well, guess what? Earl Thomas should know as well as anybody out there when you're going 100 miles an hour, and Lamar Jackson slides or is going out of bounds. You don't necessarily are going to just stop in midair. No. And not make no. contact. Yeah, this guy is going to get hurt. It's, the, it's what we've been saying since he's been drafted last year. Yeah, I mean, it's going it's, to happen. It's going to be a short career. Yeah. It's, going to be, it's going to be a comet. But sooner or later, just like he's fearful of right now, somebody's going to take out a knee, and now we have RG3. Right, and that's exactly what happened to RG3. And realistically, I mean, you have to look at it once you – break the pocket once you cross the line of scrimmage you still can't hit him high and for good reason and when a guy's that fast and that shifty you know you're not even trying to square up you know hit him right in the abdomen because you do that he's going to give you three juke moves right out of your shoes and leave you laying that's what you're going to do you're going to throw yourself right. at his leg like they do to every running back exactly. to every wide receiver and i'm sorry if you became a runner you're no longer a quarterback the how only protection fit- you are afforded is your head at that point how did they tackle Gronk. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, you <laughs> you are went for legs. You yeah. have to. And, and that's the danger of doing that. That's who he is. It's a huge part of its game. his game. It's why he's so great, but that's the downside to it. It's it's going to be an issue at some I just hope it's you know later rather than sooner. He God, is the, kid's he is fun the to watch. classic, and not so much right now because he is setting the world on fire, but in future – fantasy legs he's going to be your classic risk reward oh yeah yeah because he's going to get drafted in the what third round next year and redraft leagues maybe before and you you run that risk right in week one he's going to break the line of scrimmage on a 40 yard run some dope off the safety off a practice squad is going to sweep his legs out from underneath him and an mcl and acl something you you hold your breath every time with something like this yep all right, so let's get into some of these injuries, Rick. They are many. I mentioned Mike Evans. He's out for the season dealing with that hamstring. We got Darius Geis goes on IR with a sprained MCL. Those are the top two on the list because those are the top two. They're going <laughs> to cause me to be eliminated quite promptly this week in the Caveman League. 
Alshon Jeffrey out for the season. They're calling it a foot right now. Non-contact foot doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, they're acting like it wasn't an Achilles, but boy, it for all the world looked like one. Could have been an Achilles. Could have been a Liz Frank. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, didn't he have foot problems a few years ago? Wasn't it the foot that yeah. he had all the problems He's with? one of those big guys, <laughs> yeah. and he has trouble has trouble with his feet. This one kind of came out of nowhere, Rick. Uh, Marvin Jones goes on yep. IR. Uh, with the ankle injury, Auden Tate on IR with an MCL. Rashad Penny done with the MCL. Yeah, that was a guy kind of on the rise, on the come, a little flex play. Uh, good news for Chris Carson owners yep. if you're still alive. And um, I don't know, that's about it. And then coming back this week, James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster expect to be back for the Steelers. And oddly still to me, Josh Jacobs says, and the team confirms, he is going to play this week. That MRI come back clean on the shoulder. I don't know if I'd be playing Josh Jacobs if I'm John Gruden. Yeah, I mean, technically, I guess they're still alive. Yeah. But yeah, technically, I'm still alive in the caveman league. Right. We both have equal chances of winning the championship. Yeah, if, I, if I'm if i like you, if I'm John Gruden, I think, okay, we've made some significant strides this year, and um, let's see what some of the other guys got the last few games, and, and let's move on to 2020. Yeah, was, Why risk your franchise running back? DeAndre Washington, very capable. and I know he was a guy that was attacked on waiver wires this week. You know, everybody assuming – Jacobs would be out, so so bad news there. So and Gruden cleaning house early. I don't know if you saw that or not. He released uh, three defensive veterans on the heels of Oakland's forty-two twenty-one loss to Titans last week. And um, let's see, linebacker Preston Brown, defensive tackle Terrell McLean, and safety DJ Swearinger. Um, Gruden said Monday it's a necessary evil right now. He says. We're going to play better. There will be changes. He says, what happened yesterday will not happen again. He was furious. <laughs> I'm telling that. you. And they did just not show up. They, they kind of just laid down. You know, Carr and the offense has looked bad, but that offense has been the biggest problem. When you see moves like that made at this time of year yep. with veterans, that's effort level, right? That's locker room stuff in, in effort level. And one thing you can say for John Gruden yeah, I think he's a really good coach. Other people tend to think he's a bit of a clown, a bit of a media hack. He ain't afraid to act. Right? No. He'll he'll make that move, so so good for him. So I don't know. Before we get into the game picture, I suppose we gotta talk about with all these injuries, you know, you're scouring that waiver wire. You you know, everybody knows who a lot of these guys are, but but who out on that waiver wire do you trust to go out and maybe help you limp through a week here to stay alive one more week? Yeah, well, and that's the thing. You you sit around and you look at at Twitter and um the 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 suggestions that they're making to pick up off the waiver wire. Um, the legs I'm in, these guys are have been on rosters for well, weeks. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, you see a lot of stuff telling you, we'll go pick up Adrian Peterson. He, he was drafted. <laughs> you know, I don't know what league you're playing in that Adrian Peterson yeah, is still I mean, hanging, hanging out. Running there. back wise, you might as well forget it. Um, let, let's be frank about that. I mean, if you're in a real pinch, I, I just don't know who you. I mean, do you try lightning in a bottle with a Brandon Bolden or, or a Geo Bernard? I don't know. Um, wide receivers are pretty, you know, Kelvin Ridley's, I, you just went through everybody that's hurt. I mean, McCole Hardman, possibly, um, problem with Hardman is his 
target share. It, it's almost nothing. He'll get that long one. You're right. hoping for that 70 yard touchdown. Kenny Stills, maybe. I. It's. It's. They're just few and far between in the leagues that I'm in, and some of these guys. Um, you know, they're talking about Slayton and so forth. They, they're long gone yeah, Slayton, in, in anything I've played in. Yeah, Slayton's been long gone. Right. So, so you know, when I look at it, you know, it, let's start at the receiver. Brashard Perryman is a guy I went and picked up, a guy I am starting right. this week. And I have some hope for, right? I mean, Jameis Winston's going to throw the football. Brashard Perryman's target share has been surprisingly high already before the Mike Evans. I, I think I had that hissy fit on the air what two or three weeks ago where in a big situation and Mike Evans had had a big first half or Godwin, somebody had had a big first half. I can't remember the entire scenario. And then late in the game, every target was going to Brashard Perryman. Right. He caught the touchdown last week. I believe he had one the week before. Perryman's a guy that Jameis Winston seems to be comfortable with. Now, whether or not he's as successful, because don't forget, now we're taking and Mike Evans off the field, right? Right, and so now Brashard Perryman, after Chris Godwin's getting some better coverage, but I think he's a guy who at least gets the targets. And when well, you're in this situation, it's all about opportunity, right? And he's a seasoned veteran, right? Which means he's not stupid, he's not out any there. good, right. but he's been there for a while. Exactly, exactly. There's just not much out there. This is the playoffs, and um, you know. I don't know, tight end if you're looking for somebody. You know, maybe you're the old reliables, you know, Jason Witten or Mike Jasicki's out there, something of that nature. Joe Koo's back, you know, going up yeah. against an Arizona who's not really bad against uh, the tight end, unless your name's Vance McDonald, who does nothing and then gets dinged in the nugget and he's gone again. Right. He's been a disappointment. But I think Russell Gage, you know, I think that's another. I don't even think I mentioned with Calvin Ridley, he's gone right. for the year as well, dealing with an abdomen. You know, Gage is a guy who, in the absence of Ridley and or Jones a couple times this year, put up big numbers, put up a decent target share. That's a guy I'm not completely uncomfortable with. You know, Patrick Laird, again, now we're, we go to the running backs. You know, you're talking about opportunity. Laird is a guy, look, he plays for the Dolphins. They're bad. I don't think Laird's a very good running back, but he's going to touch the ball 15, 20 times. He's active in the passing game. Fitzmagic is Fitzmagic's slinging it around, going up against a bad defense. Uh, Chris Thompson's a guy I don't see mentioned. You, you mentioned Adrian right. Peterson. Chris Thompson is out there. If you're in a full-point PPR, presumably he's going to get eight or nine targets. Now, whether or not Dwayne Haskins can keep it in the building, let alone anywhere near – near enough to Chris Thompson to make that catch, I'd slide him into a full-point PPR sure. flex. Definitely. You don't feel good about it, but you know who else? John Ross is the only one, other one I have mentioned. But and of he's course, questionable he's still. still questionable. Right. This week, probably no good with uh, – you know, going up against the Patriots and, you know, assuming A.J. Green doesn't have some resurrection, now John Ross is going to draw the top coverage against New England. He's not going to touch the ball, I don't think. Now, if you somehow slip through this week, Ross might be an option for next week as a replacement. I don't even know who they play, but in the Patriots' defense, I do know that right. much. So, it's thin out there. There's points to be found. It's flip a coin. You're a loser either way, I think. But, uh I think Laird is somebody I do feel good about, and Thompson's somebody you know you're not going to take the hook with anyhow. Those are kind of the two I really have at the top of my list. I was actually surprised to find Laird on our 
waiver wire, considering there's nobody on our waiver wire. Laird was still out there. I think he's been gone a week or two, you know, in most leagues. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, I would definitely keep an eye on John Ross if he's going to play. I would like to see him play. I mean, number one, it would take pressure off Tyler Board owner Tyler Boyd owners. But, you know, he certainly would get some target share. Right. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, there's just not much out there. And it, let's face it, it is uh, the Bengals. Well, there is that. <laughs> Speaking of the Bengals, do we want to discuss this whole Patriots thing at all? I have been, you know, kind of may put my take out there on Twitter responding to some of these. Oh, the... You know, the, it looks like the some things never change, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? They're 1-12 Bengals. I, I'm not a Patriot defender by any stretch of the imagination. They don't need anybody to cheat to beat the Bengals. To break the rules, maybe this guy was out there to see if anybody would say anything. I don't know. Well, that's what I want. It's ludicrous to think that. They think that the Patriots are sending some guy ahead to cheat to beat the Bengals. It, it, it boggles my mind. But why is he there? I just I don't buy that documentary. And you know, reports are they had eight full minutes. You know, pretty much zeroed in on the on the coaching staff on the Bengals coaches here's what you don't know because you're right on its surface let's say the first spy gate had never happened right on its surface you look at that and say this is nonsense it's the New England Patriots it's the Cincinnati Bengals that basically you could have put the New England Patriots in Antarctica for the last nine months. They could not even know who plays for Cincinnati. Drop and them still- in there on Sunday morning, <laughs> they beat them by 20. Yeah. So, But first of all, they're so – I don't even know what right. the word is. There's no is. benefit of the doubt to be given. Well, there's that, but the New England Patriots, they are so – they're so good at this. They're so on top of everything. They're so hungry for information. It's entirely possible that they have figured out – that Cincinnati calls plays the same way as Kansas City or Baltimore as somebody that, you know, you just don't know. I just, number one, they have no benefit of the doubt for me because of the first spy gate. And they basically admitted that. A lot of people thought that Bill Belichick making that statement was, you know, the, well, we've never heard Belichick speak. What he said sounded perfectly reasonable. We buy it. That that seems a little bit too convenient for me, you know what I mean? I would honestly think yeah. if this was nonsense, he'd have said this is nonsense on to Cincinnati, right? The fact that they put this statement out, you know, whether or not it was sanctioned by him or this is something the scouting department does on their own, I don't know, something stinks. I don't know how you ever prove it. It's, it's wild, though. It's really wild. Oh, you're going to bring back old Wapner. Been a long time. i tell you what, this this could be a crime to be solved. Maybe we could solve it. I, I think have, we'll, we'll get right on it. Have Roger send us the video, and we'll take a look at it. Now let's see if you can turn that back off. I, I was just waiting to have to play that whole three minutes of that thing because no, no. you couldn't turn it back off. So, I don't know. I, I guess I don't care. I don't think I care. I assume every team does this, and... That you know, even the stuff the radio and ends getting stolen. Because how has that never become a thing yet? 
How the what? In the headset, oh, the yeah. play calls. You get, you know they've got somebody stealing that. Sure. Because I don't know how. You probably, have you ever been to a NASCAR race? No. When I was younger, my dad and my granddad were real into it. We go to a couple races every year. And the most fun thing you could do is you could go rent a scanner. And I actually own one. My dad had given me one for Christmas after we'd gone for a few years. You could rent a scanner, similar to how you know old people like to sit around and listen to the police scanner. Yeah. You could rent a scanner with headphones when you go to these races. And as you searched around, you could find the different drivers, and you could sit there and listen to the communication between the drivers and the teams. Right. Which, for somebody who was mildly interested in it, but for the most part still realized it was just 43 cars going. It was real cool when they took off the first time. Yeah. It was real cool when one ended up upside down, but there was hours in between. They right. were kind of, but you could scan around this thing and you could hear them fighting with each other. The The driver would say, you know, tell this driver's crew chief, I hope he dies. I mean, it could be pretty entertaining. So it's that simple. You could just walk in there. They would actually, when yeah, you rent some thing, schmo's kid can do it. Right. So you know. you're telling me, <laughs> right. What, they got some type of secure CB lines in these NFL states? Yeah, right. So I have to assume this is going on all the time. What I what I find odd, then, is the Patriots, who would you think would be the best at this, keep getting caught. What What's going on there? What are they doing that we don't see? That this right. is? I'm starting to think, that Rick, this was subterfuge. Belichick was up to something big, so he sent those two lackeys down there. To, <laughs> yeah, go to front, Cincinnati. You know, to start all that and something. He's got us all looking over here and something yeah. big's going on down there. Like that thing he orchestrated getting all of Kansas City's equipment flown to New Jersey instead <laughs> of New England. I like how all those conspiracies oh, came yeah, up on exactly. the Twitter. Well, you, you He's just, a powerful man. You just got to stay off the Twitter. I think I might be done. I get so angry reading it. On, on Sunday, I actually, I never respond back to anybody. I don't argue with anybody. I got kind of snotty with somebody. I won't say who. It's somebody, friend of the show, somebody I know you really like. And it was, there's there's a show on the local NBC affiliate here, and it's all the local, you know, radio, sports uh-huh. radio hosts. And they, they put questions out on Twitter, and you respond, and sometimes your answer oh, gets yeah, highlighted. I, yes, I did see that, yes. I, I do it to advertise for the show. I get our name out there. Actually, the last two weeks, we got called out on it, you know, in, on the big screen, not just right. the side scroll. That, that's why I do it. It gets of your course. name. Get your name out there. So the question was, you know, how confident are you now that the Steelers, with where they sit, not only make the playoffs, but make a run in the playoffs. And my response, I thought, was so innocuous. I said, look, with this defense and being in the position they're in, you know, I'm relatively confident they can make the playoffs. And when you play defense like this, you can, and here's my quote, maybe steal a wild card game. Right. This is somebody we like. I remember that. We respect. And, the first, and this guy, within seconds, sends. The Steelers have one win against playoff with a, teams with a f- record above 500. And I know that's even an wow, innocuous that's called response. stealing a win then, isn't it? But that's gotcha. So my response was, yeah, that's why I said maybe steal a wild card game. <laughs> yes, we get it. You're the smartest guy in the room. You did a little research and realized, I don't shut up. And this is every time you say anything on Twitter. You, you put out there and just write, good morning. You'll get 27 responses that say, I'm in Thailand, Thailand, and it's actually the evening. F you, die, all of you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these are people I like. I want to hit in the head with a mallet, you know. Let alone right. total strangers. I, I don't know where that came from. That <laughs> such some so small just stuck in my craw for like a week now.
Yeah, it'll do that in that little pea brain. <laughs> well, here. That's, once something gets a rattling around. Yeah, there's a lot of room to roll around there right. before it finds a way out. <laughs> you got anything else, or are we going to pick some games? Let's pick some games, man. Oh, I'll right. tell you what, we knocked it dead. If you're listening to the asylum, you made money last a week, fortune buddy. fortune off us lately. Flicker. Well, we did have three pushes last week. Yeah, you know, there was a was, lot of pushes. kind of bad. Vegas was on the button this week. Yeah. Old uh, Flicker, 8-5-3, and three, and Briggs, 10-3-1, and one, knocking it out. You are making money here. That That's good numbers right there. Yes, it is. All right, Rick. So we'll start out tonight, Thursday night football. Aforementioned uh, Ravens at home hosting the Jets. Jets getting 15 and a half on the road in Baltimore. You know, I thought about this in, before we come to the show, obviously, and, and I'm like you. I, I just can't see. Uh, Lamar Jackson playing a whole game. No. That doesn't mean that Baltimore won't destroy them, but you know he could get yanked early, especially if it's just a little tender, showing a little weakness. You don't want to lose this cat right. going into the playoffs. I think Baltimore wins, but I think 15's too much. I'm going Baltimore 27 to Jets 20. Yeah, I got this thing 27-13. What I actually envision is a late Robert Griffin pick six to give the Jets kind of a backdoor <laughs> cover. I, I think the Dolphins go up pretty early. Because look, I don't think Marvin Ingram's going to road grade the Jets. They're not too bad against the run, you know, the straight-up run. Now they're not going to be able to handle Lamar Jackson. But you have the short turnaround. you're dealing with that. They had a tough physical game on the road in Buffalo. Not a long road trip, but you're on the road, a very physical game. Oh, yeah. Now you're turning around quick. You're still beat up. Lamar Jackson's nicked up. Playing a team and that's with nothing one reason to lose. why I don't like that fifteen with the three days. Right, you exactly. Know, if anything happens, if on this Thursday, game was Sunday at one, I'd lay that. Right. Although, if this game was Sunday at one, that line might be nineteen. Yeah, you know what I mean. This point. might reflect that. So I'm going to take a Ravens win here, but a Jets cover twenty-seven to thirteen. All right, the Patriots with all that extra knowledge in their hat now <laughs> on the road in Cincinnati, laying nine and a half. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, with all that extra knowledge, you'll probably win 72-1. to 1. But uh, I'm going New England 30-20. Uh, to 20. I'll, I'll have them win and cover. Yeah, I don't think this one's close. And now they're going to want to prove, oh, yeah, you think we need that? Watch this. Yeah. And where, where I get nervous is I – they maybe even against the Bengals. I'm not sure they have the offense to put up enough to really blow them out, but they might score three defensive touchdowns. That's true. I'm going to call it 30 to 13. I'm not sure it's even going to be that close, but yeah, I got a Pats winning cover. All right, Rick, the Bucks without Mike Evans on the road, laying three and a half in Detroit. I tell you what, with Stafford gone, Detroit is just a shell of the shell of a team it was, and. Winston's got nothing to lose. <laughs> I mean, this is this is Jameis or Jameis Winston is Ryan Fitzpatrick. All, you know, one point two or right. how, whatever the hell you want to call it. I like Tampa Bay thirty-two, Detroit twenty-four. Yeah, I never feel good betting on the Bucks because. They could play anybody to overtime. They could beat anybody in the league by 30, and they could lose to anybody in the league by 30. No Evans, you know, potentially, they're not saying it, but potentially Jameis playing with a broken thumb but going to play through it. But the Lions are just bad. They've they've quit. Yeah, basically, I don't want to say they quit. but Every time we say a team quits and they come out and smoke somebody. You're right. But whoever that jabroni running the quarterback position in Detroit right now. Patricia's out, right? 
Oh, he's got to be. I mean, yeah, that's what you do. Keep firing coaches and yeah. bring in the next guy with the same turds roster yeah. and expect different results. I think results, I said this right? about four years ago. Wayne Fonce doesn't look so bad yeah. now, does he? Well, they are longing for the days <laughs> yeah. of getting knocked out in the wild card round right. with Wayne Fonce. The, the, the Lions just don't have it. I'm going to assume Winston's healthy, so I'll take the Bucks here to win and cover 34-20. to 20. There's a big one, Rick, for uh, not just for this division, but for the AFC playoff picture is the Texans getting three in Tennessee. Oh. Well, of course, you knew that. You can't predict a field goal game for that. <laughs> Jeez, okay. You had to know. Uh, no, I didn't, but um, I, I I just have to ride the, the Tannehill. <laughs> it's 26-24, Tennessee over Houston. I'm going Tennessee win. Houston cover. Yeah, look, the Tennessee Titans look for all the world like the real deal. I think deep down in the – And it wouldn't surprise me they blow them out. Right. And deep down in the sub-cockles of my heart, I have a hard time still buying that the Tennessee Titans are a good football team. But what all they have demonstrated over the last month is they're a good football team. So I'm going to ride that train. I hate betting this division. I wouldn't put my own real money on this one. So I'll take the Titans here to winning cover 29-24 just for that reason. Then the weird thing is Texans got to have one here. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Get losing to like that. We we talked about it being a letdown game. I both believe we. I don't think either of us picked. No, Denver I actually to win, did but, take Houston, but you 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 went the other way but, and we're correct. But on that boy, one. did they ever let down! So yeah, they, they, they really got to have this one. All right, speaking of those Broncos, Rick, they're getting nine and a half heading into Arrowhead. Okay, where is that? Yeah, and I tell you what, um, the way Denver's playing right now. I don't think they're as good as Kansas City. Believe it or not, that's a real Ooh, that's bold. hot take. That's bold. But I, think not, I don't think they're nine worse, quite frankly, even in Arrowhead. Um, Kansas City played a great game. Could be a little bit of a letdown comeback. They basically have the division wrapped up. I'm going to uh, Kansas City to win, but I'm going to have Denver cover 24-20. Yeah, boy, we are just in lockstep so far this week. I, I see it the same way. I'm buying into Drew Locke. You know, yeah. like, I'm not ready to crown him yet, but the kid's feeling himself a little bit. I've just won a big game on the road and going on the road and has a chance to do it and against a lesser defense this week. So, obviously, Kansas City's got to have it. They're going to find a way to win this game, but I think it's closing. Nine and a half is too much, so I'll take the Chiefs here 30-21 to 21 all day, and I'll do that one with real money. Yep. All right, Rick, the Dolphins getting three and a half taking on the Giants in New York. Yeah, they're already talking about um, Daniel Jones very likely will start if he's healthy enough. Um, that just makes it easy for me. I'll go Miami outright 28-24. See, I see this one. At some point, Saquon Barkley's got to have a Saquon Barkley week, doesn't he? For some reason, I just have that feeling. He seems flustered. You know, Daniel Jones, I I think as much as I love Eli and root for him, I think Daniel Jones. Well, the funny part is, is even the bad teams know to stop the Giants. You stop Barkley. That's true. And nobody else can beat them. Yeah. So I, I I got a vibe on this one. Things have been rolling too good for too long with Fitzmagic. He's due for a six-interception clunker. I'm just getting the feeling these things are going to kind of come together here. I think the logical thing would be to take the Dolphins in the points. I'm going to take the Giants here. Now, 
I'm going to take the points on the Dolphins, so I'm going to hedge myself. So I got the Dolphins covering, but I got the Giants winning this thing 24-21. to 21. All right. All right, Rick, the Eagles after that just amazing overtime victory <laughs> over the aforementioned New York Giants at home. And that really hurt because that was my upset special. And by all rights, you had it for a the long Giants time. should have won that game. But, uh, you know, Philadelphia is a mess offensively especially they they have no wide receivers zero uh, actually they had one to finish up that game last right week. um however in this mess of a division washington is not very good i'm going philadelphia 23 washington 21 so that'll give me what a philly win in the skin cover correct? yeah yeah i don't think we ever i ever actually said it's okay. the eagles laying four and a half on the okay. road in washington so I think they blow Washington out. I, uh, Washington's been game. They they played well up in Lambeau last week. For some reason, though, go back and look over the last five or six years, no matter what dreck Washington rolls out, it seems like they play the Packers every year and I always beat them or play them tight. There's something weird with them and the Packers. I don't buy it. Haskins nicked up. Darius Geis gone. I got the Eagles actually running away with this thing 30-13. to 13. Yeah, see, I just can't force myself to see them running away well, with anything you, you with that think. offense. You, you wouldn't think. And lest, lest anybody forget, I predicted Philadelphia to win 13 games in our preseason prediction <laughs> yeah. show. So maybe you oughtn't <laughs> to listen to me when it comes to the Eagles. Perhaps I have some type of bias there. I'm maybe unaware a of. Tad. <laughs> All right, Rick, the Seahawks on the road laying six in Carolina who have just tanked. They really have. And coming off that loss um, – I like Seattle. I got Seattle 31, Carolina 21. So that's Carol, or, uh, Seattle win and cover. I think they're a much better football team right now. It feels to me like weird stuff happens in December in a place like Carolina. Carolina's playing awful. Seattle played awful on Sunday night football. They're in a gots-to-have-it situation. This is based on absolutely nothing but gut feel. I don't know why. You ever get the weird tingle? You ever look at a game and something just is stuck in the back of your head? Rick, my upset special of the week, I have the Carolina Panthers winning this game outright in what's going to be a shootout 34-31. to Christian McCaffrey, this might be more wishful thinking in the caveman league, Christian McCaffrey, 60 fantasy points. <laughs> And the Carolina Panthers win this football game. <laughs> you don't have to make fun of me now. <laughs> hey, it's very well that they could. One o'clock that... game on the East Coast. Maybe I can hang my hat there on it. I don't know why. I just I got a weird feeling about that game. I have no clue where it comes from. There is no excuse why Seattle shouldn't blow out Carolina. And maybe that's why I feel the way I do. All right, Rick, the Bears getting four and a half heading into Lambeau. I tell you what, this game I wrestled around with a lot, but I had to go to the Packers to win, but I, I tell you what, I'm hedging my bet. I'm going Green Bay 27, Chicago 24. Uh, the weather's not going to make any difference to either one of those no. teams. They, they could care less. They don't like each other. It's a division game. Um, Green Bay wins, Chicago cover. Yeah, this is, you look back over the last several weeks, Mitch Trubisky has significantly outplayed Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is in one of those low fantasy production stretches of seasons that we've seen out of him over the last several years. Look, that Bears defense isn't as dominant as they were last year and isn't as dominant as we expected them to be. 
I really, for all rights, feel like with the way Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are playing, the Bears should win this game. But it's December in Lambeau, and you know how all those 50-50 calls always seem to go to the Patriots. All the weird stuff seems to happen for the Patriots. Same thing happens for the Packers in Lambeau, especially in December. So I'm right with you. The Packers win this game if it's not handed to them, but it's not by more than a field goal. So I got a Bears cover here. Packers win 23-20. All right, two teams who just completely fell on their faces last week as the Jaguars get six and a half going to (laughs) Oakland. And, and quite frankly, I don't think that's enough. There, I don't know. I'm not taking Jacksonville the rest of the year. <laughs> that's your I, team, too. I you don't love care. They, they are the biggest flop. Minshew mania, baby. And what did Minshew mania do last week? <laughs> it wasn't Nothing. good. It wasn't good. I'm going Oakland 30, Jacksonville 23. So that gives me an Oakland win and cover. Ooh. I don't think, uh, you know, Oakland has more to play for. I think they're going to clean house in Jacksonville from Coughlin all the way down, and the Gruden's going nowhere. He's cleaning house himself as he goes. I like Oakland. Yeah, I mean, this is two teams just in a race to the bottom right now, which is why I just think two and six and a half is too much delay. Look, I would rather watch you trim your ear hair than watch this football game. So I'm going to take the Raiders to win because they're at home. But six and a half, the way they're playing, they're gonna be, they might not score six and a half. So I'll take the Raiders win, Jags cover 26-23. All right, Rick, the Browns laying two and a half on the road in Arizona. I'll tell you what, you know, watching that game last week, uh, Arizona playing Pittsburgh out in Arizona, they were plucky. They were scrapping. Um, granted, Pittsburgh's offense isn't all that dynamic right now with Duck Hodges. Might but I'll tell you what, Cleveland's defense isn't Pittsburgh's defense. Right. I'm going, this is my upset special of the week. I'm going Arizona 29, Cleveland 27. I'm right with you. You know, I had I had two this week, and I I like Arizona here as well. Kyler Murray can make some plays. And I I buy into OBJ starting to make noise. Baker Mayfield spouting off about the training staff. Now this train, if it wasn't before, is completely off the tracks. And this is the kind of game you lose when it goes off the tracks, right? So I'm with you. I think Arizona finds a way late. I think it's kind of similar to what we saw with Pittsburgh last week. Cleveland gets up fairly comfortably early. Kyler Murray just keeps coming, keeps coming, and keeps And that's coming. the thing. You can go through the motions. A dysfunctional team can go through the motions and beat Cincinnati. Right. But you're not going to beat the Cardinals. Not Arizona. Kyler yeah, Murray's right. too good. He's a year or two away yet from being what I think he could be, but he isn't going anywhere. So I'm with you. I got the cards winning out right here as well, 31-30. to 30. All right, Rick, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, surprisingly low to me, only laying two and a half in L.A. taking on the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a road game, but I think that actually benefits Minnesota um, in a way. It, 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 they've given up on the Chargers. Right. You know, they're moving, blah, whatever. I'm going Minnesota 27, the Chargers 25. They'll find a way to lose it somehow, Ooh. even though they had the blowout win last week. It was Phil Rivers' birthday, so they had to do something <laughs> nice for him. I'm going Minnesota 27, Chargers 25 as Minnesota win and cover. No, that's a that's Oh, excuse a, me, that Chargers is a Chargers cover. cover. Two yeah. and a half, yes. So, I, I got the Vikings winning and covering this thing. I, I think it's 28-24. This is, and you wouldn't think, sitting at 9-4. and four, Boy, talk about the difference in the AFC and the NFC this week. 
or this season. This is a gots to have it for Minnesota. They're in danger of being on the outside looking in here. Meanwhile, somebody at six and ten is going to win the NFC East, but that happens from time to time. The Minnesota is in dangerous, dangerous water. The Rams sure. are coming. The Bears are still there. This is one you got to have. You go out to that soccer stadium that's going to be half full of people who don't care, and the other half people wearing your colors. This is one you absolutely have to have, and I think they get it. They've got to keep pace here. So yeah, I got them twenty eight twenty. Right, you have Seattle at ten and three. They're already a game behind them. Right. Okay. Uh, the Rams, they were my upset special last week uh, over Seattle. They're only a game back. And let's face it, um, Chicago pulls off a win against Green Bay. Now all of a sudden they're only one back. Right. So they're, I mean, it, coming. it's yeah, it's somebody's going to be, be eleven and five, maybe. And not right. make this thing. Meanwhile, either the Titans or the Steelers are going to make the playoffs in the AFC. So uh, you have years like that. All right, speaking of the Rams, Rick, they're laying one. They're one-point favorites on the road in Dallas. And and the way the Rams are playing right now, I have – that's an easy pick for me. I'm laying it. I got the Rams 28, Dallas 20. My pick on this game has nothing to do with how I think the game's going to go. I picked Philadelphia to win, so I've got to pick Dallas to win because this thing's going to come down to that (laughs) game next week when Philly plays Dallas. So I think the Rams should win. I think the Rams are a better football team, especially right now. But the way that division's going, they've got to keep pace. So for TV, that game makes sense for next week. So I'll take the Cowboys here 30-23. to 23. So okay. that's a Cowboys outright win. I got a lot of upset picks this Yeah, week. you do. All right, Rick, the Falcons getting 11 on the road in San Francisco. Okay, where's that game? Oh, there it is. Uh, they're getting 11, and, you know, believe it or not, I think that is enough. Uh, um, even with Calvin Ridley out, uh, um, Matt Ryan can put up some points. I think San Francisco wins easily, but I'm going 38-28, so I'm going to take a 49er win in the Atlanta cover. Yeah, I booted that one around a lot, but San Francisco, what they've done the last couple weeks. Now, it looks like Richard Sherman's going to be out. The linebacker's going to be out. So I think the Falcons find some success offensively, even without Calvin Ridley. That said, boy, the way that offense is rolling right now with, with what Jimmy G's doing, you know, the running game, Mosert's just taking this thing over. You know, if there's questions in the mailbag that Mosert's a part of, the answer's Mosert, and we, and we right. can quit talking about it. And Kyle Shanahan actually finally said that, I believe, Tuesday or maybe Wednesday. And you He's, talk about us becoming this one dithering, slobbering old man combined I have not one Mozart question. I answered Mozart. Yeah, yeah, Mozart. Start him. Don't. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah, Just it, you know. You know, and Shanahan actually come out and said, "Look, my plan was to kind of keep this thing even, keep everybody fresh. But what, what he's doing, I don't have any choice. And when a coach says that, well, all that's right. like saying, okay, we're gonna keep it even between Barry Sanders and Jordan Howard. I well, mean, but it, but well, when your plan going into the year, right? You, you know what I mean. But what he's doing right now. So I think the way that offense is going, I think they get one late and find a way to cover this thing. I don't have a lot of faith in it, but I'll take the 49ers to win and cover 31-17. to All right, Sunday night football, Rick, a game I will most unfortunately be in attendance to as I've got a friend coming from out of town. We'd agreed to meet at this game when we thought it was going to be a 1 o'clock game, and now I get to sit down there in 90-mile-an-hour winds and 18 degrees at night in Heinz Field. The Bills getting two on the road in Pittsburgh. (laughs) 
And while I, I want you to realize, oh, here are you going to tell me how warm and I'm going to be in my <laughs> leather easy chair. <laughs> I hate going to NFL games. I'm going to have really wing do. sauce in my whiskers <laughs> all all over me, <laughs> beard sliming everywhere, and I'm going to be I'll probably be wrapped in a blanket. It's going to be great. Anyway, shut up. <laughs> what was the line? Uh, Bills plus two. Bills plus two. Um, shit. Okay. <laughs> what are the odds you picked a two point game? I did. I had I had Pittsburgh twenty two, <laughs> Buffalo twenty. I'm going twenty two nineteen. I think Pittsburgh defense is that good. Um, look, Buffalo's defense is good too, and this this could be a real slobber knocker, but. Um, I think it's going to be a great game, and it's much CTV, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, I'm going Pittsburgh, kind of a long shot. I'm taking them 22-19. Yeah, I predicted it last week with Arizona. I was dead wrong on that one. I honestly don't know, Rick, how the Steelers score at all against this Buffalo defense. Look, the Buffalo, Buffalo offense is going to struggle with the Steelers, but Josh Allen can make a play here and there. John Brown can make a play. I don't know what the Steelers Steelers do to score points here. So. I know we have to be realistic. Buffalo has scored more points and they've given up less, right, than so, Pittsburgh. So I just something in my gut tells me the Steelers find a way to win this game. It might be the fact that the last six weeks it feels like they've done that. You know, somehow you've got Connor coming back, you've got Smith Schuster coming back. I just can't predict it. I'm going to think this thing going to be ugly. It's about going to be unwatchable. I'm going to be frozen to my seat and miserable to watch the Bills win this thing 20 And this is a got to have a game too, boy. Yep. I mean, yeah. no doubt. Yeah, this changes everything if the Steelers win this game because now they move up to the 5 seed, right. you know, and say Tennessee wins. And boy, you you start to get a little mess now Buffalo. So this has got to have for Buffalo as well, not just I don't know what the tiebreaker are between Buffalo and Tennessee. I'm not sure I've ever seen that calculated anywhere. Buffalo needs this one as bad as the Steelers do right now. Yeah, you you look at Buffalo playing Pittsburgh. Buffalo nine and four, Pittsburgh eight and five, and then you also have Houston eight and five playing Tennessee yeah. eight and five. I mean, the, these are this may ramifications a, out the yin yang. Buffalo's and, still got to go to Foxborough. This may be an elimination game. Really, when you think about and it, and if Cleveland pulls out a win of the Arizona, now all of a sudden they're seven and seven. If some of these teams are eight and six, right now there's still two games left. I mean, it's the more you think about it, this may be an elimination game in Heinz Field on Sunday. Yeah, and I'm going to hate every minute of it. You ever been to a game when it was just miserable cold? Oh, I remember, and I can't remember exactly what year it was, but uh, it was a home game against San Diego, and it rained. It sleeted, it snowed, and it blowed, and it rained, and sleeted, mm. and snowed some more, and San Diego beat the Steelers like a drum. It <laughs> seemed like I was there for 12 hours. Yeah, I, I have two. There was one, I believe, if it wasn't Cordell Stewart, it was Kent Graham. I mean, we're, we're going back a little ways was the oh, Steelers Kent. quarterback. And a buddy and I, a buddy of mine, we used to go around. We go to Buffalo, we go to Cleveland, we go to Cincinnati, anywhere we could drive to. You know, we couldn't afford plane tickets or hotels back then. And we went to a game in Cincinnati, and we were in the upper deck. And it was—I can't remember what it was—below zero. But I have never before sat there, and it's at one point you know, you're sitting 
yeah, real you're afraid tight, to move. You're afraid to move. You're frozen. And I remember at halftime getting up to go to the bathroom and get warmed up. My boots and I was wearing hunting boots, so like rubber soled right. hunting boots had frozen to the concrete <laughs> underneath my feet. Yeah. It took effort to get them up. And then the other one, I was way up top in the bleacher part in the end zone of Heinz Field. The famous it was the Super Bowl season the snow game against the Bears where uh, Jerome Bettis ran Ran over over Brian Erlocker. Now, it wasn't real cold that day, but it was one of those rain-snow mix, and the Steelers finally got up double digits with about five minutes ago. I never leave games early. That's something I'm passionate about. I looked, my wife had come. Yeah, we were married. We had just gotten married. She was sitting beside me, and she knew better to ask, and I looked over at her. And she is soaked, just looks like a drowned rat and shivering. And you remember the scene in Christmas Vacation where Aubrey's eyes froze open and her mouth, this is what she looked like. This is the first game we ever left early. I was confident the Steelers won. And I think it was right at that 32, 33 degree mark, but that snow would hit, would melt and just soak you. And it's awful. And this is what's going to happen to me Sunday, and it's going to be terrible. Yes, it will. And I'm going to be warm, cozy, and drunk. You might die, though. So drink yourself. I'll be to warm death. and cozy. That would be the way to go. <laughs> you right? may with die a, too, but you'll be cold with and a belly full of cheap beer and wings in your chair. That's the way to go. Yeah, man. All right, Monday night football, Rick. The Colts plus nine and a half in New Orleans. And I don't think it's enough. I, I think after that loss, I think this, I think the Saints were going are going to beat them like a drum. There's something about the Colts. They're starting to fall off a little bit. I'm going New Orleans 35, Indianapolis 24. I'm predicting letdown here a little bit. That was such an epic, such a classic with with San Francisco last week. I think they find a way to win this game. Here's how I'm predicting this game goes. I think they come out, the Saints come out flat, and I think you see Indy get up early in this one, and then Drew Brees brings them back. So I got the Saints winning this thing because they gots to have it too with that shuffle at the top well, of the NFC. What you're not going to have is Adam Vinatieri kicking a uh, game-winning field goal or missing one. No. Because no. he's done. Finally. but uh, So I got the Saints here, 33-27. So that is a Saints win, but I do have a Colts cover with the Saints making the comeback. All right, Rick, get it out. Hang on. hell was that? You've got mail. Bag. Jeez. Well, you said it was about empty this week. Well. It's awful noisy. Somebody's mailed us a brick. <laughs> I don't blame them. And they threw told, it through the front window of the studio. They, they told Fligger to pack it. <laughs> okay. We... Asylumfootball at gmail.com at asylumfootball on Twitter. Yeah. Keep them coming. I'll answer them um, as long as I'm awake. And alive. And alive. Jason writes, Cousins or Tannehill? You know what? I can't back off of Tannehill. Cousins may have the better week. He's probably got the better matchup. But Tannehill is on a heater. And I'm I'm not giving up on it. I'm going to ride it. I'm going to ride that train. I always like to give advice, like you know, dance with who brung you. I don't know if this guy's been been switching them off, streaming them, or what. Um, if that's what he's been doing, I'll say Tannehill. But if you haven't made a switch and you've had cousins in every week and you're still winning, I I, I wouldn't switch. But you know. ride the train, Rick. Ride it. Woo woo. The, the Tannehill. Woo All woo. Right. Tom writes two quarterback league. I have Breeze, but need my second. All righty. Josh Allen or Minshew? 
Just based on match, you got to go Minshew. That sounds crazy. Josh Allen's a much better quarterback. He's going to struggle in Heinz Field. It's going to be cold. I think so, yeah. It's going to be nasty. You know, you saw with Kyler Murray, they, they schemed it up. They didn't let Kyler Murray run around. Josh Allen may be better at it right now, but his passing number is going to be paltry. I don't want to sit around and wait for him to rush for 60 yards and a touchdown to get what I need. So I, This sounds crazy in the semifinals, but I'm going to go Minshew. I would, too. I, I do, too. And um, you you have Breeze. I, I think Minshew's going to be in much obviously going to be in much better weather. Yeah, and, certainly, and has a better matchup. So you know that's just that's the average that tells you right. you play Minshew. All right, Anson writes. I need a PPR flex. Anthony Miller, Cole Hardman, Adrian Peterson, Tariq Cohen, Peterson and Cohen. You know, that's Miller, and it's not even close as I look at that. If this was standard, I might be trying to make the argument for Peterson. Miller's been rolling a little bit. Right. Cohen, you know, they're still not as involved as I want him to be. Hardman's going to get one yeah. one look. You know, It's Miller or Peterson. Peterson's and guaranteed PPR, points. I think yeah. I'd go Anthony Miller. I mean, Peterson's guaranteed 70 yards, maybe he gets in the end zone. But I think there's more upside with Miller. He's, they've finally seen – finally what we predicted in August, they're finally doing the end of December <laughs> when everybody forgot we predicted it in August. Right. But you can always go back to our – what you call that? Our back – Oh, our back catalog. Yeah, our back catalog. Yeah, check it out. And, and see, we were very high on Anthony Miller. Okay, Luke writes, Denver defense at Kansas City or Carolina at home versus Seattle? Yeah, neither one of those are very good options. Denver on the road in Kansas City, and you said Carolina. At home versus Seattle. Well, I predicted that game to be a shootout, so I guess it's Denver. Uh, Neither one of those teams are going to turn it over. Go to the waiver wire. Pick up, is Cleveland still out there going up against Arizona? Look, I don't know what's on this guy's waiver wire, but, you know, he asks us Denver or Carolina. I'm going to say Denver. Yeah, I think I'm with you. They're just a better defense. But I don't like either one. Go to the waiver wire. <laughs> Pick up Jacksonville and, yeah. and, and lose and then write Rick Flieger. Okay. Chris writes, in a half-point PPR, Peterson or Mack? He's serious, Mac. I think the reason he's asking that, but you know, you have to realize. I think last week was more of a, a, a test run. He only had like eight or nine carries, right. something yeah. of that nature. He did get in the end zone, but he wouldn't didn't have hardly any points or, or much of a workload. But I, I think he's okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you got to go Mac. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. Don't about overthink that. that. Well, Peterson is tempting, but if hey, you're guys saying- on IR, I know what people are thinking. He's going to get all the carries. Yeah, he probably will, but it's Washington. Right. Yeah, it's, he's not going to be in the end zone because they're not going to be in the red zone very often. Like he's tempting in a standard league. The answer to all these questions may be Peterson, but Max will catch the ball out of the backfield. They're, they're, there's going to be some offense in New Orleans. New Orleans defense has shown some some uh, vulnerability here the last several. <laughs> yeah, weeks. you think the last 30 seconds against San Francisco right. after after Breeze takes and, the lead, right? And it's been like that for a couple of weeks now. So it's not it's not an impossible task right now to right. to put up fantasy points against the Saints defense. Okay, let's see. Renee writes, pick two in PPR. All right. Joe Mixon, Tevin Coleman, Benny Snell, Carlos Hyde, 
David Johnson. Oh, boy. You saw this list in September. You'd think, oh, I got the championship wrapped up. <laughs> this is tough. Look, I automatically have to take Coleman and Snell out. Connor's back. Yeah. Mosert now, like I said, Shanahan come out this week and said, all right, you know, I'm done playing that game. This, this is Mozart. So, so, too. So, Mixon's got to be the obvious just because he's the better. I obviously hate his matchup, but he's easily right. the best left on that list. So, it comes down to Hyde versus DJ. I got to go Hyde just yeah. from usage. They started to get DJ a little bit involved right. last week, but I don't trust it. Did you I see just don't his, trust it. Did you see his tweet, his little cryptic tweet, you know, akin to AB? Did you see you know, A B? Well, go ahead and finish. Oh your yeah, thought. I did see that. But I mean, no, I mean it was like enemies all around me and oh, wow. not wanting me to succeed and all this stuff. Oh kind no, of, I missed that. Oh, yeah, so he's on like, that train. You know. Yeah, then that's hide easily then. So yeah, <laughs> yeah this is mixing it. You start that stuff. It's Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. I mean You know what, you almost wonder. There there's a rift between him and somebody in the organization, Kingsbury, whether it's Kingsbury obviously. or the O. C. Because he appeared healthy, and they started to get him involved a little bit last week, and then he went right back away the, from him. He was a wide receiver. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I'd be curious if then if he's probably going to get cut this offseason. That could be interesting seeing where he winds up. Yeah, hey, Pittsburgh, they could, they could use a nice running back. Yeah. So. Well, come just, on Just over. let you know, dear DJ. <laughs> he's an asylumite. Well, who yeah. isn't? All right, exactly. Okay, Jamal writes, Baker Mayfield. Duck Hodges or Derek Carr? I've been streaming all year after Ben went down. Yeah, this is Baker this week. Carr, he's kind of reverted back to the norm after some nice week. And Duck Hodges, really? <laughs> no, this is Mayfield. Hold your nose, it's Mayfield. Yeah, hold your nose. Roll up the windows and hold your nose. Mayfield. Now we can see Baker Mayfield at home again commercials. You oh. Know. Uh, those are good commercials. Yeah, I, li- yeah. I like those commercials. Okay, and finally, <laughs> Kadir writes in PPR, who would you start now that Ridley is gone? Zach Pascal, D.D. Westbrook, Muhammad Sanu. Okay, Sanu is... N- He's questionable. And he stinks all of a sudden after me declaring him a PPR stud. And he still has 51 catches Yeah, yeah. for the year, which is... Pascal and Westbrook are tough. Shark likely out this week. I know. That that makes that Westbrook's always a you know what, but any there's been weeks we've pinpointed this is gonna be a Westbrook week and he hasn't done it. I'm not gonna be fooled again. Give me Pascal. I'm not gonna overthink <laughs> this. I've done it. I've, we've recommended we've both recommended Westbrook a couple of times and got burnt. I'm gonna go with Pascal here. It <sighs> It is tough. I mean, T.Y. ain't coming through that door anytime soon. So No, he's not. And, and, and you know what? Westbrook is still kind of dinged up, um, just pulling him up. He's actually questionable as well. Yeah, go Pascal and don't even think about it. Yeah, yeah don't don't just, overthink it. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay, is. that is it, my man. We got home. Yeah. Woohoo. Let's do it. Well, you hey, if you are still alive this week, good luck. Rick will answer all your questions right up till kickoff at Asylum Football, asylumfootball at gmail.com. And of course, check out everything over at Fulltime Fantasy, fulltimefantasy.com, and at Fulltime Fantasy on Twitter. Good luck this week. Uh, get ready for next week, Rick, as it will be our. Our holiday, I don't know if you could hear that, our holiday drinking show. Little light on the football, real heavy on Rick being a drunk idiot. Rumor has it. 
Ollie Honder is going to stop by. He's on vacation from his competitive dance tour. He may, he may be here. I'll believe it when I see it. But until then, we'll see you. Take care.